153rd episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great... great. Pub- <laughs> oh my gosh. You're, you're mixed so loudly. Are you loud in your headphones? I'm loud as hell. Should I turn you down? I don't give a shit. You're just going to throw me off this entire thing. I'm just... <laughs> I'm the my boss, name, baby. My name's Quizmaster Lee, and as usual, I'm here joined by me- fellow Mellow, Mel- the Mellow Fellow, Master mellow. of the Quiz, Mark Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you. These oh. aren't even close to being the biggest F-ups no. of our uh, podcast mm. a- a- adventure right now. <laughs> what a day. But we're sitting in the podcast, this pod studio, used to look like um, like a, uh, I don't you know. You say it. <laughs> it. I mean... It looked sort of like a thrift store exploded <laughs> in here. Yeah. Um, but while Lee was away, Kyle and her uh, parents did some fucking fancy dancing in here. It looks absolutely superb. Uh, I'm sitting on a very low boy couch. I'm a little thrown off. We had to do a little bit of uh, hustling and bustling this morning, this afternoon. But everything is good now. Um, great to see your smiling face. You as well, bud. And as I mentioned, I, I don't think I finished up our intro. This is no. the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great, great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. If this is your first episode, you're like, what the fuck is this all about? <laughs> Who are these guys? Why should I listen to you? That's why. This is That's the first time does. we've recorded in the studio in like over a month. It's been say. a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing Zooms and stuff. Apologies for the audio, uh, my audio on the last episode. I think a, a microphone setting had been switched mm. and I did not check the microphone. You know, Baby Brush is exploring new areas of the house and stuff and turning dials and stuff like that. Are and you blaming your baby? I, for might, the be fuck? Blaming it. I might be blaming it. I should have checked. Ultimately, okay. I should have checked, you know. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we checked this time. We checked every microphone cable and microphone that we could setting up today. It seriously was like running sound for uh, the Grand Old Opry. We were running multiple cables, uh, but we finally got there, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we're going to throw out those two nasty old cables. <laughs> Lee's looking over at the cables disapprovingly. Biddle finger. <laughs> Mark, how was your week? Fine. How yeah. was your week? Mine was great. It was my birthday week. Happy actually. birthday. Thank week. you very much. Yeah. And uh, Kyle and I went up to AEW Dynamite and Rampage taping in Tampa with uh, John Lewis and John Lane and Taylor and our friend Dave. And it was awesome. Great set of ma- wrestling matches. Lots of brouhaha. And Kyle and I even got some close ups on TV. So if you're watching TBS on Wednesday night last week or TNT on Friday, you might have seen our screaming heads cheering for our favorite wrestlers and stuff protect trans children yeah that was a sign that uh that kyle well we made it together but kyle uh, was showing it off on tv and you know just trying to get the message out there especially here in florida and there was even a little moment during the elite's entrance where the spotlight went right over it highlighting it on (laughs) tv so was happy to see that but yeah it was a great time um, I'll put some pics and gifts up in Discord. And we went out to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino afterwards. And I'm proud to say I only lost $25 of John's uh, money Perfect. that he gave me for my birthday. He was like, oh. you can spend some of my money for your birthday. 
But uh, it was a good time walking around. I saw they had a lot of music memorabilia, including a jacket worn by Rush's Neil Peer. So Ooh. it reminded me of you. I felt like you were there in spirit. That was Mark Davis going, hey, buddy, happy birthday. Well done. Well, thank you. And thank you, you did wish much. me a very nice happy birthday on social media as well. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. I, I gave you a nice, cute little write up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to had to holler at my boy. Yeah. Wish you a happy birthday. Didn't get to see you for your birthday, but my, my thoughts and my part of my body was with you. I yeah, like it was busy. We were on the road and I want to thank uh, my pointy belt players for giving me the night off and letting me go. And we actually had a makeup quiz on Friday this week. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to uh, point out some of your uh, goings on this week. You played the Tim Capello show that we talked about last episode. I did last night mm-hmm. as of right now. But when this episode comes out, it'll be a couple days ago. And it was a lot of fun play with dead nettles and, uh, He's a he man. He gives a hundred and ten percent. It is very very cool to see. He um you know he could very easily phone it in, but he it's pretty obvious that he has some diehard fans that love him and go out to see him whenever they can. Um, if you don't know, Tim Capello was the sax player in the movie The Lost Boys. Um, uh, for the song I Still Believe. He also played saxophone for Tina Turner for a time and a couple of other bands. Um, Gunship, I believe, is one of them, um, known for being all greased up, all oiled up with some big old chains all around his neck. Um, looking like a wrestler. Looking like looking very much like a wrestler. Uh, but yeah, so he um, he was as nice as could be. Um, we played. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Dope, dope. And you saw Counting Crows this week. I as did well. see Counting Crows with Dashboard Confessional. It was good. Counting Crows, you can kind of tell that Adam Duritz, the singer, is kind of. I, I noticed it specifically with songs from August and Everything After, which is their debut album. An album that has lyrics uh, written on the cover that do not appear on the album itself. They're written for a different song, actually. Correct. Yeah, yeah. we brought that up on the podcast before. Also produced by T Bone Burnett. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, I or think maybe we I talked knew, about I, that I was going to say, I probably knew it at one point, but like so many other things, it has uh, just gone out of my fucking brain. Um, but uh, you can tell when it came specifically to songs on that album, he's kind of like, okay, enough already. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of brought up. Um, Does not want to sing along December anymore. <laughs> The well, December's been too long. Yeah. Well, that wasn't on that album, but oh, yeah, sure. Oops. I believe that was on Recovering the Satellites, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, but well, Mr. Sorry. Jones, Time and Time Again, um, Omaha, a couple of other songs. Now, as an artist, um, I understand that these are songs that you wrote 30-something years ago, and you're probably sick of doing them the way they were done originally. And so on an artist standpoint, I definitely understand and, and respect his wishes to kind of... Uh, you know, jazz them up a little bit, what have you. Yeah. Um, but as someone who is going out there because they love the album and because they want to hear the songs a certain way, it's a little frustrating when you're trying to, when you're trying to sing along and you're trying to like, you know, just vibe and like sing along with the songs. And he's just like kind of speaking the lyrics, Mm. um, not even in like the cadence of the song and, you know, on the album and he would just like say stuff like, we all want to be big, 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 big stars. <laughs> it's like, I, 
I'm trying to sing along with it. I'm just you're like you're used to the version you've heard on the radio or, you know, on your own yeah, album you know, for years and years and years. And and, and you don't appreciate this uh the switcherooski in the live setting. It's it's tough because mm-hmm. you want to you want to be able to sing along the way it is on the album. You want to sing you want that sing along. Yeah. But he's like I just want to like talk this shit. Right. And adding stuff, you know. So uh they sounded good. He, you know, someone said that they, I saw someone post on Facebook that they went to see Dashboard Confessional, which I'm not a fan of them really, but they did sound great. And it sounded like they did the songs like they're on the album. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, they said that as soon as they did Mr. Jones, they were like, he's phoned, he just phoned it in. He just doing Mr. Jones a fucking again. And again, I get it because you've done this song. I can't thousands of times, mm-hmm. but you know, he's probably not even present when he's singing that song on stage. It's probably like, we're starting Mr. Jones. I'm going to start thinking about what I want to do this weekend while I sing this. Well, I, I got saying, the muscle memory, you know, Rolling Stones have done satisfaction. How many times would you say? <sighs> How old is that song? 60 19, years, uh, yeah, 70 I was say 1950s or 60s. Like, but you go see the Rolling Stones. He sings it pretty fucking close to the way it was written. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we were kind of joking afterwards saying like, he's, he's doing that in part because he's like, you're paying my fucking mortgage. So if you want to hear the song the way it is on the album, so you can sing along to it. Yep. I can't get no, like, yep. I'm going to sing it just like that. Um, but he's you know, under, he understands what the fans want. Yeah, yeah. 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 So again, as an artist, I get it. Adam Duritz, I think is, this might be a hot take, but I'd say Adam Duritz is more of an artist maybe than Mick Jagger in some respects or thinks fancies himself to be more of an artist than an entertainer. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It was a good show. We had good seats right behind the set. Per, here's, here's a little Mark tip for you. Best seats you can get in a place is right behind or right in front of the sound man. Cause mm. that's where they're mixing to. And we were right behind the sound guy. Sound guy, for some reason, had little pictures of horses on one of his screens. We were laughing a lot about his... He's a horse guy. He's a horse man, for sure. Uh, but but they sounded good. Cool venue, FSW Arena, um, Suncoast, brought to you by Suncoast Credit Union. So I, uh, I'll go see another show there, for sure. Good place. Maybe the sound guy thought horse the band was playing. <laughs> Maybe. They did. They do mention horse horses in one of uh, the Counting Crows songs, and we started cracking up. We're like, oh, man. It's his time. Sound guy's time. <laughs> he was bobbing along with that song a little extra hard. Well, good job on your uh, your show with Tim Capello, and I'm glad you got a chance to uh, relax and go see the Counting Crows, even if it was in an avant-garde fashion. And uh, congratulations also on the A-list content on Lyrics to Go with uh, Seth, the Lyrics to Go podcast. Really Thanks. Enjoying that as well. Thank you. We got a very heavy episode coming out this week yes it is a uh, zombie right by the mm-hmm. crack the, the crashing <laughs> the cranberries the crashing counting crayons yeah <laughs> yeah uh it's a it's a very serious it's a very bummer episode um but the episode after that i'll go ahead and spill the tea here you'll hear it here first we're doing um wasp animal fuck like a beast all right um, with doug davison from strip club moms oh okay uh and it is it's a wild one it's a funny one so we're we're i'm pretty excited about that one being released so i think people will probably hear it on that episode before they hear this but it's uh it's a good one. you'll hear go, it here first go check it out subscribe folks lyrics to go podcast thank you thank you all right before we get into today's trivia quiz mm. how about we go over a weekly wrap-up sounds good 
At Ollie's Pub this week, I had a player who pledged to give me $1 tip for every time they found something agreeable. And after the uh, fifth visit up to my tip jar, they just ended up putting the whole lot of cash in. They're like, you're doing great. So okay. thank you for that. Uh, for quiz number 546, just the tips was looking like they'd get another victory, but were overtaken in round three by indoctrinated peanuts who won with 120 points, just the tips in second with 103 points, and as you wish in third with 84 points. Tips, however, did win the following week at quiz number 549, ending in first with 124 points. Maximum effort coming in second place that night with 91 points. And as you wish again in third, this time with 82 points. At Pointy Bell Brewing Company, you smell different when you're awake, was thrown off their victory quest by Team Maniacs, who bested them by a single point two weeks in a row. Mark, can you imagine losing the same team by a single point two weeks in a row? I, I would be... Absolutely devastated. Yes, and I think uh, You Smell Different When You're Awake was similarly thrown off, especially considering Maniac's first week was just two weeks ago. So they won their first two weeks in. Um, but it was their time this week, actually. Team Smell did win this week, playing as 14-ball corner pocket, earning 130 points this week, ending in first place, breaking the Maniac's two-week win streak. Sister, Sister, and Super Friends in second with 125 points. And Schools In, tying with Team Figure It Out for third with 118 points. Now, I did have an interesting thing happen at Pointy Bell this week. I was uh, reading the answers to uh, the final round questions, and I got to one of those questions, and I said the answer, which was the name of a pharmaceutical, and somebody popped up and said, Nope, 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 nope! And walked over to the table with their phone out, and not only a screenshot, but this was a prepared screenshot that had something circled on it. They had like drawn onto the screenshot as well, to so I could see it very clearly. And it was the name of a different pharmaceutical. So I said, "All right, well, let me go ahead and uh, you know just review this. I'm going to take this under review." And I, I mentioned on the microphone what the second answer, potential answer was, and the room was just like, "No, no, boo, boo." And I was like, "Hold on, if this was you, you'd want me to look into it. So I'm going to look into it. I'll be right back." And I did look into it, and uh, much to this player's chagrin, but the room's delight, I did find the room to be in favor, actually. I should not have accepted that second answer that the uh, the guy popped up and, and said, this uh, this should be the second answer. And he was like, well, I'm a doctor. And I'm like, well, based on my research here, the drug you're talking about isn't even FDA approved, and it's also not as effective as the right answer. So you might want to look into this other drug to prescribe <laughs> instead of the first one. Dr. Lee saving lives. Oh my gosh. So this guy, he, he like stormed out, but his team ended up winning. It was on You Smell Different Than You're Awake. They didn't even need the points, but as I was researching, I just thought it was so funny because I've never had so many teams come up. Like There was like representatives from three or four teams that came up while I was doing my research and was like, don't accept that Do you answer. remember the question? I do. I wasn't going to uh, give it here because I just did not want to hashtag add these uh, these drugs. It's not really important, you know, but I feel confident that I was right. I'm going to give you a similar situation, though. We'll get to an extra question. Okay, I'll ask you off mic during the break. Sure, sure. Um, at Fathom's Restaurant and Bar, our top teams for quiz number 548 was determined largely by a difficult final question. And this was the question that I asked them. College football's longest winning streak, 47 victories in a row from 1953 to 1957. A record set by the University of Oklahoma was interrupted by a loss to what other team? Oh, I have no idea. I would guess Notre Dame. How much would you wager on that? One. One? 
Well, you uh, you should have wagered more because that's actually the correct answer, Mark. And you would have been the only person that would have gotten that right in the room. But many teams guessed wrong and they wagered high, which produced a shakeup at the top three uh, in our leaderboard. Hook, line, and drinkers ending our quiz in first with 86 points. Honey Badgers in second with 76 points. And Bilge Blowers and Seacocks in third with 72 points. And I, uh, I point out now before I, I, while I'm doing my, my wager spiel, I say, hey, you know, if you're in the top, you might not want to wager that much. You know, if you're in the bottom, you know, go all in, baby. It was a night where five teams, five of 10 teams wagered 21 points and lost it. I think a lot of people end. just, they just go all, because their fear is someone else is going to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well. Just throw a bunch of spaghetti to the wall and hope that the, the strand you want sticks. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I was right, but I, you know, that's You just, wagered low because you weren't confident, and that's how right. you should play, yeah, right, yeah. you know? But how pissed would I be if someone that was, you know, five or ten points down from me put it just guessing and got it right? Right. You know? Yeah. That hurts. It does. I mean, it's very easy to say that when you win because you're playing it safe. It's very easy to kick yourself in the fucking ass when you when you play it safe and end up losing because of it. So. Yeah, it's really contextual. You know, you need to pay attention to where you're at in the leaderboard. But if you are towards the top, my advice would be don't don't wager too much. Yeah. Uh, the following week, what happened here? Uh, quiz number 550 began with no MJ establishing a narrow lead with several former top-placing teams chomping at their heels, including the Honey Badgers, Thirsty Thursday Drinkers, and Hook Line and Drinkers. In the end, it would be... A lot of people talking about drinking. That's what they're there to do, buddy. Play trivia and be thirsty. Okay. Or not be thirsty any longer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To quench said thirst. In the end, it would be Honey Badgers to take this week's top spot, their first ever number one victory at Fathoms, ending with 119 points, no MJ in second with 102 points, and not a clue in third with 100 points. That's what happened at No Nonsense Trivia Live this week. Mark, how has trivia been at Nice Guys Pizza recently? I don't remember. I just remember last week, the Ford Foundation um, winning the first and second round. That was Seth Ford with his daughter. I like the name. Yes, very good. First round, 29 points. Second round, 38 points. However, uh, they wagered 20 and got it wrong Mm. for the last question. Uh, And because of that, Anne Frank's... (laughs) Anne Frank's Hide and Seek Club uh, winning the evening with 68 points, even besting all the teams on uh, on Zoom, including Whiskey Tango. We've had a new uh, team that's been playing, Dave and Scarlet, a couple of listeners. Well, Dave is. Scarlet told me, I don't fucking listen to that shit, except for when he's listening to it. She didn't really say that. <laughs> um, but they've been playing the last two weeks. A very, very good team. Very, very strong Wonderful. team. They ended up with actually 65 points. They were in second place. Um, so they've they've been bringing the heat. So uh, good to have them on. Yeah, welcome. thank you guys for playing. And uh, yeah, it was a nice, exciting night. Awesome. Yes. If you missed it and you'd like to join us for trivia soon, we're at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral on Tuesdays at 7:30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards. Free cards! Which you could use at the bar on one of their signature sandwiches. Try the many Ollie-licious offerings off the menu at Ollie's Pub every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. when we have our weekly quiz. 
Wednesdays, we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer. Yes, and to suggest categories for Jack next week's Nicholson.gif. quiz. Uh-huh, yeah. And to enjoy God-tier smash burgers. <laughs> From our weekly food vendor. This past week, though, we did it on Friday, you know, a special Friday quiz, so mm-hmm. we didn't have Smash Burgers. We had 3D barbecue. Hashtag Ooh. not an ad, but very delicious. This barbecue is there, it had both height, <laughs> width, <laughs> and depth. And depth. Yeah, absolutely. I was, it was as I suspected. I met them, and uh, the owner's name's Dave, and there's two other D. Uh, family members so it's the three d's you know but their logo does kind of lean into this three thing because they've got a uh, giant pig chef which is a little concerning if you think about the implications there (laughs) but he's wearing three glasses so that's kind of cool yeah but the food was amazing i had their uh pulled pork egg rolls and uh their signature sandwich the boar's nest which is like a big mac but they have, instead of, like, you know, the accoutrements and ingredients from the Big Mac, it's uh, pulled pork, smoked sliced turkey, and coleslaw served with uh, regular and hot sauce and a side of, an extra side of coleslaw and baked beans. Now, when you say regular and hot sauce, mm-hmm. what is regular sauce? Regular barbecue sauce, okay. which is... That's uh, kind of what I thought. But. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure which kind of hot sauce it was. It wasn't very... Uh, I guess it was a Carolina. No. Carolina is usually mustard No, no, no. The other one. Uh, maybe more of a Texan barbecue yeah, sauce. I'm not sure. Anyways, it was delicious. That's what I'm trying to say. That's all that matters. Yeah. And uh, anyways, you can come get delicious food like that and smash burgers from only doubles and fat Thor's and our tasty, tasty trivia starting every okay. uh, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And on Thursdays, we're back in Cape Coral at Fathom's Restaurant and Bar located in Cape Harbor. We'll be offering Fathom's gift cards free cards for first second and third place at our newest weekly quiz event come enjoy some perfect pub provisions alongside our quiz at fathoms in cape coral on thursdays at 6 30 p.m and of course every week in cape coral you can play mark's trivia on wednesdays live at nice guys pizza in cape coral i said that twice but that's okay that's where it is it's It's in cape coral yeah you can also play on zoom Mm. not in cape coral no on the internet you can well, yeah, I guess if you're in Cape Coral. If you're playing Cape Coral, go the fuck ahead. But you should come out to Nice Guys. Well, it would make Coral. sense if you're anywhere in the if you're anywhere in the county. I would say it would be worth Absolutely. you coming out because then you can win some stuff. Can't That's win exactly stuff on Zoom. Right. That's what you got to do. Yes, you gotta, sir. You got to get there at 8 p.m. Or you can go on Zoom at 8 p.m. And for a link to the Zoom meeting, you can check the show notes or visit bit.ly slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. All one word there. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm sorry, X, X, X. We're on X. We're on X. X, X. We're also on threads, and you can find us on Reddit or join us on our Discord server, where Gary Sinise has joined us, actually, to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us, won't you? Holy shit. We nailed it. That, that time. might be the best fucking one we've ever done. <laughs> I wish Kyle was here to hear that. You got to play that for her. I will. If she was here, I would have been so nervous. I would not have nailed oh, it. You know, that was so good. Her. And yeah, these man. headphones. Fist bump. I, so just so you guys know, we have not been able to hear the soundboard for months. 
I mean, probably half a year. Yeah, probably. Maybe more. This is the first time I've been able to hear the sweet, sweet laughter at the end of the booze and the blah, blah, blah. I haven't been able to hear any of this shit. Can you give me a couple more? Sure. Motherfucker. Oh, classic. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's all I got. Logged up right now, Great. and then our and then our typicals. Okay, yeah, yeah. no alligator nuts. So sorry, you'll just have to get do a that one live. Favorites, yeah, you'll do it live. Let's take a break. Let's do that. I'm gonna go poop. Okay, you need a real break. I really need a real break. <laughs> I need. A have real you break. had your break today? No. <laughs> okay, it's I time. Had a Quiznos sub. There is a Quiznos in Cape Coral again. Yeah, you mentioned this, and so so pumped about it. Uh, I stopped by and got a sub on the way here, but now my belly is saying. Time to pay up. Mark, I need you focused for this quiz. I need you totally in the game. So, yeah, let's take a break. Okay. You can take care of business, and we'll be right back with our first round of trivia. back and mark before you give me your first question um i forgot to mention during the weekly wrap-up that i had another rain encounter at fathoms this week but it was way way worse this time for a variety of factors now i thought i was coming prepared here so i looked up in the morning and it was 70 percent chance of rain during the two hours that i was set to be outside so i was pretty sure it was going to rain but i had ordered a tent this time a canopy tent like an event tent so i showed up a little early it was still dry outside set up the tent put the weights on the feet of the tent and stuff like that and uh, did my announcement pretty much like five minutes to go, you know? So I'm playing like, you know, some music, the second song starts and then this huge gust of pre rain wind comes through that little area that I'm at in Cape Harbor and it starts moving this tent. I can see <laughs> the, the legs are moving no inch by gusta. inch. Didn't matter that I had, you know, 40 pounds. I probably should have brought more weight, but I had 40 pounds of weight on the tent and uh, some, Friendly folks jumped up and helped me tear down the tent again, and within 10 minutes, it was raining. So uh, talked to the management. They didn't want to put us inside because the restaurant room itself is a little too small to accommodate everybody that comes out for trivia. But what they were able to do, and this will be the plan going forward if it rains, is they'll move us next door to the French Press coffee shop, Mm -hmm. and we'll do uh, trivia on the back patio there, and they will run the food and drinks over there from Fathoms, and the servers will be there and stuff like that. So... Rain or shine, folks, if you're uh, looking to come to trivia on a Thursday evening, we will be at Fathoms and we'll be ready to go. And I also want to thank Nick Williams for helping me carry some of my stuff as the rain was, uh, Good boy. was approaching. Yeah. Shout out to Captain Nick. Captain Nick. Mark, how about a question? Sure. All right. Lee, what is the main ingredient of the Italian dish frittata? Hmm. A frittata. See. Si. Or, uh, well, a fritter is like a fried thing, right? Like an apple fritter or a peach fritter. Um, but a frittata is, I think, like a open face egg pancake or not a pancake, an omelet. <laughs> egg pancake. It an does look kind of like egg an egg pancake. pancake. That's how I would describe it. I'll describe it as an egg pancake. So I'm going with egg. Egg is correct. All right. Good job. It's oh. like, did I just say egg pancake? Fuck it, it is an egg pancake. I just can't wait until it's for me. Well, here's your opportunity here with an anatomy question. What is a common term for the 
intergluteal cleft. The intergluteal cleft. What is the common term for that? We don't call it the intergluteal cleft. We have a more common name for that. What would that be? Well, I know the gluteus, that's your butt. Intergluteal cleft, I'm going to guess, is your butt cheek. Is that your final answer? Yeah. No. I'm oh, sorry. Crunch. The laughter. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Hate it. It's just in my headphones, it's in the right hand side, right at the end. You turn it up, hit him one more time with it. So rude. <laughs> yeah. But you missed it, didn't you? I, I missed it a little bit. You missed it. I missed it a little bit. The intergluteal cleft is the uh, inter being in between the glutes and the cleft being a crevasse. Your butt crack butt is crack. the answer. Yes. You're so close. But yes, butt the gluteus crack. maximus, the largest muscle in the human body, your butt cheek. I guess I was just thinking that the cleft caused the cheek and kind of put the two together, mm. um, which was my mistake. It was my mistake to put the two together. Well, now you know what to call it if you ever need to go to the doctor about a problem with that area. I mean, you'd probably say butt crack. They'd know what you're talking about. But if you wanted to impress. <laughs> if, if, your, yeah, if I really uh, wanted to blow them away. Yeah, before they bust out that flexor on you. Excuse me. I'm having yeah. a problem with my intergluteal cliff. There you go. Especially the accent. That is very sophisticated. All right. Here's your next question. Rounding up or down to the nearest number. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. How many gallons of pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Love this question. I lo- it's Thank so you. fun. It is fun. It's 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 overwordy a little so bit, but so is the I would original. Say when, it, when you come to pibs, mm-hmm. uh, it's not short and sweet, but it's it's for a purpose. Exactly, it's, it's earned it. the The basic question is mm-hmm. how many gallons is a peck? Is a peck? Mm. But rounding up or down mm-hmm. to the nearest whole number. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, how many gallons of pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? So a peck is not an equal amount of gallons, but it's it's around how many gallons is what you're asking. Um, rounding up or down. Interesting mm-hmm. dichotomy there. Rounding up. So if or it was down. like 7.5, it would be eight. If it's 7.49, it would oh, be. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Seven. So using the rules of rounding. Yes. Rounding rules. Ah, uh, yes. Um,. How much is a peck? I don't know. 14 gallons. Sorry, that's incorrect. All right. I don't need the laughter from you, too. That's why I put it in the sound. (laughs) Two is correct. Two. Two is a peck is smaller than I guess it does. Yeah, I think it's 2.3 or something like that. Yeah, that's still a good amount of pickles, though. Sorry if I'm wrong on that. I'm just guessing. If someone asks you the exact number of gallons, <laughs> you sound a little a sensitive peck. about this. Well, you know, now I feel like I can't come off the cuff and make, uh, you know, guesses as to information I looked up two months ago. So I don't want anybody, I don't want to feel like I'm responsible for like driving, making, having anybody drop off, drive off a hill or something. Well, if you're, if you're introducing doubt, I would just say that it would be nice if you did have that information, if you brought a question or something like that. But when you introduce the doubt and you say, sorry, if I'm wrong, then people go, Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go, Oh, right now with another question here, okay. which is about the three stooges. Okay. And uh, after you answer this question, not doing a rate my question necessarily, but I have a question to ask you about it. A big band jazz arrangement of which English nursery rhyme served as the theme song 
during the opening credits for the Three Stooges. Finally going to get to hear that applause. I you believe, I think I do. I believe the answer is three blind mice. You're right. You're right. I did have a team write down uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, which I'm not sure if that's an English nursery rhyme, but that is a, that's a different uh, musical motif in that show. That's when uh, Curly goes beast mode when he hears that song in the boxing ring, Pop Goes the Weasel. Mm. But three blind mice, the answer that I was looking for. However, I did have a team ask me if hot cross buns would be an acceptable answer. What would you do? No. No? Hot Cross Buns is a different song. I believe it's the same melody. Uh, it might be like the same partial melody, but I don't think that – I the, so I, this is – to be honest with you, I don't know a super, super lot about it. But I mean the, the simple version of Hot Cross Buns that I remember from playing in like recorder, like in elementary school is bum, 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 bum. And uh, I believe that Three Blind Mice has like that. Yeah. I think Hot Cross Buns might have that too, just not in the recorder version Maybe. because that's a little complicated. It, it could be. That's why I'm saying I mean, like I don't know. Uh... Um, but I did look it up. I found some evidence that it is the same melody or a very similar melody. And Hot Cross Buns also an English nursery rhyme. So I ended up giving the team the points okay. for that. Uh, but I was curious about how you'd approach that. Good for them. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they were able to uh, to make that fight and to, uh, to uh, you know, get it. Uh, here is your last question from me for the first round. In 1994, the U.S. lifted a 19-year trade ban with which country? 1994. So that would be 75 is when it started. 19 years prior. 1975, a trade ban. Hmm. Maybe a little late for Vietnam or maybe right on time. Well, I guess you wouldn't be trading with them during the war. So no, too late for that. 75. Hmm. Maybe it's Russia. Lasting all through the 80s. Now, I'm sure there were trade bans in and out throughout those years as well. But you're asking specifically about this 19-year trade ban. You've given the date of 1994 as the end date. So mm-hmm. there, it's possible there could be a couple answers, but I, I doubt it. I'm, I'm going to go with Russia. Sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> Vietnam is the correct answer. Really? It was Vietnam. Oh, Wow. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, hmm. so close. Yeah. Bicycles is my final category for you, or bicycling, rather. Hmm. What cycling term that shares a name with a popular fitness conglomerate is used to describe a large group of riders clustered together on a race route? Race route? Hmm. Can I hear one more time? What cycling term that shares a name with a popular fitness conglomerate is used to describe a large group of riders that are clustered together on a race route or route? Mm. Fitness conglomerate. Mm-hmm. That's very tricky wording. It's a uh, fitness company, a business. Yeah, but a I don't brand. know. Yeah, yeah. Call it a brand. Let's call it a brand. But they're big. Brand. Mm-hmm. 
Um, fitness. Fitness dick in your mouth. They do. There it is. I was expecting a. My, I was going to say, might make you go like that. <laughs> That's the one. Um, so good to have it back. Um, fitness brand. Well, Everlast. That doesn't sound right. Get together in this Everlast. It's not a bike word necessarily. Um. Fitness brand. Um, why is my head swirling? Oh, I've got a, I got a story for you. All Should right. we tell it now while I'm thinking about this? Uh, let's wrap this up. Okay, let's wrap up this round. Um, Spalding sounds like someone's name. Doesn't sound like a fitness brand. Um, I'm just like thinking of like baseball and basketball and stuff. I just, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure that this is a conglomerate. They are a company though. Conglomerate implies multiple businesses coming together, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. I'm still, I'm just going to struggle one way or another. Um, I wish it was like bicycle related, but, um, well, what if I told you it was bicycle related as well? I think that might confuse me more. Oh, no. Well, I was thinking. It's all bikes here. I was thinking possibly Schwinn. Schwinn seems like a name, too, though. Um, But Schwinn, I don't know if Schwinn does anything outside of bikes. So if it's something that involves bikes and other active life stuff, then I would take Schwinn out of the mix. If it's just bicycle related then Schwinn might be in there. Though, again, like I said, I do think that Schwinn is based off of a name or something. Um, Can I give you one more hint? Sure. I'm just rewriting this question on the fly here. Yeah. This is a company that specializes in mixing exercise with technology. That's the company's purpose, is to integrate technology in there. I'm going to guess Peloton. That's right. Okay. So that's how you get to that answer. That's the way to write that question. And you can leave out, you know, certain details if you want or, or not, folks. But I think that's the path right there. If you if you mention the mix, I mean, it kind of lends you to maybe Fitbit. You know, that would be another mm. one that you could do. Uh, here comes that Fitbit riding down the road. Maybe popularized of- in X year mm-hmm. um, would have been helpful. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. It's a question that could use it's some a good question. Up. I mean, that's that's very neat. I yeah. had no idea that, that that's what that was called. Uh, the technology definitely helped because right. um, exercise is just so broad, broad, mm-hmm. very, very broad. Absolutely. Can I tell my story real quick? Sure. Okay. So I was on a game show uh, that took place live at Ollie's hosted by Jimmy James Oliver, the drummer of um, Bargain Bin Heroes. Right. And no was, relation to Ollie's. No. Other than hosting the show there. Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, did fairly well. I, I, I did great in the first round. Um, I did not so great in the second round. I did great in the third round. And then that culminated in me getting to choose, not knowing what I was getting into, um, some kind of, you know, betting kind of thing 
of how many songs I could name by a certain band. And the band was the Beatles. Now, I was up against Jesse Kaysen. Okay. Who recently moved to St. Petersburg. Not a Beatles fan as far as I know. Not a Beatles fan as far as I know. And then another uh, woman named Violet Hayes, who is a model and does a couple of other things around the area. And I did not know how much, how many Beatles songs either of them knew. You have to blind guess. Oh, okay. So I tried to relatively go high. Now, how, how many songs would you write down? How many songs would I that write down? Guess, that you could guess, Beatles songs. I would say I could get to 20, probably. Okay. Yeah. I, like an idiot, guessed 30. Okay. Um, which seems very easy to do until you have to do it in front of a crowd of people. Oh, you have to guess. You have, have to you say have to how much, that many, how many yeah. you could name. So I was trying to go higher mm-hmm. than them to make sure that I was the one who won. They both put five. Now uh, I could oh. do six in 10 seconds probably, but of course I, I chose 30 because I was trying to go as high as I could to win. <laughs> I got up to, I think 25, but I was just like stalling and, uh, I was also not told that there was a time limit. He just said, how many can you name? And I was like, all right, like, Oh yeah. And so then I started getting pressured that I needed to think of one, like hurry up. And they all started counting down and stuff. Oh, so that's I ended the up worse. You yes. can't think when oh, somebody's no, counting no, down. No, no, you give up basically. I, I did. Uh, yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. the last 10 seconds. I just went over every decision I ever made in my life <laughs> that ended in torture. And Anything to get you out of that room. Mentally. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> Um, well, how, so how many did you make it to? 24, 24. Like that, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Damn. Well, better luck next time. That's cool, though. I'm glad to hear that you got to stretch your Beatles uh, brain a little bit at that. It was, uh, was there a trivia component to the game show? Um, uh, yes. I mean, yeah. So the first round was he had a, um, he had a movie title with Lost in it, and he was going to give you clues, and you had to guess what it was. And I was like, if you guess, are you out immediately if you guess wrong? And he said, no, you can guess as many times as you want. Was it Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? It was not. It was Lost in Translation. Oh, okay. He said, all right, starting now. And he said, Lost in Translation. He's like, you won. <laughs> and that nice! Was <laughs> so um, got that round. The second round was related to, oh, um, Gross, Grosser, and Grossest. He gave three movies. You had to guess how many grossed domestically from the highest to the least. Oh, okay. I did very poorly for that. Do not know much about that stuff. Don't look it up or anything. Neither do Jesse or Violet, to be fair. And Jesse, like, wiped the floor with us, I think. Hmm. The third round was guess the closest to the length of time for these two Green Day songs. And I just guessed and got closest. Mm -hmm. And then this. uh, Because I was out for not being able to name 30 Beatles songs, um, (laughs) then they had to guess how many actors they could name from... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I think Violet won with four or five. Hoisted by your own petard. A classic case. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yep. Quizmaster gonna quizmaster. Well, let's take a little break yeah. and recharge our batteries, and then we'll be right back with a healthy amount of missed corrections. Oof. And uh, mostly my fault. And <laughs> our, our second round of questions. Sounds good.
We're back, and it's time for some missed corrections. Well, we got some no notes here on uh, Discord. There was more good discussion about team size limits from quiz masters, venue owners, and players. Mm. Some, like Steve, find that having team size limits work for them, while some players like Fade to One and Whiskey pointing out that they like large teams because it makes them feel awesome to topple one while playing as a uh, solo or smaller team. So if you'd like to join the discussion on this or other topics on our episode, check out the No Nonsense Trivia Discord server. The link is in the show notes for that. And like I mentioned earlier, we got Gary Sinise on this week. He joined the Discord. So mm. Welcome, Gary. Not actor Gary Sinise, to be no. clear, but a Gary Sinise nonetheless. A Gary Sinise in the UK who is like, Right in it. Forgot that you these famous in the states. Me mates always just like who's that? Yeah, I mean, I presume that's what he sounds like. I don't know what part of the UK he's from, but uh, we also heard from Mean Mean Mister Mustard, who wrote was catching up and was pleased to hear mention of the great band Sons of Kemet a few weeks back during the sus about Kemet, aka Egypt. Pedantic correction. I think Lee mentioned that they were African American. I did. Uh, say that they were African-American, but me and Mr. Mustard clarifies the band is actually composed or was composed of both black and white British musicians. Mm. Unfortunately, while double checking that, I learned they have since disbanded, which sucks. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. They have four great albums and some badass bass lines held down by a tuba. Oof. Yeah, it's a good horn band. The Hot Wheels Beach Bomb question that I uh, presented needs a small tweak, maybe. Okay. I think you need to clarify that it's a prototype Beach Bomb that is worth so much money because they did ultimately release the Beach Bomb in a variety of colors, but the original prototype is the pink one. So mm. if you just start the question with a prototype of the Beach Bomb, a 1969 Hot Wheels microbus, etc., I think that that would be a more accurate reflection of what's going on there and why it's so valuable. That screwed me up there mm -hmm. that you didn't say prototype. That's why I got it wrong. I understand. So, yeah, be sure to uh, to clarify that, Quizmasters. Please. And we got lots of feedback about our baseball sus during our last Rate My Question from Uncle Ruckus. You remember the question, what championship-less franchise was hosted by the Cleveland Indians in 1974 for 10-cent beer night, resulting in public nudity, riots, and an all-out brawl between players and fans. Mark, do you remember which team that was? It was the, the Houston Astros? It was the Texas Rangers, Texas the Rangers. other Texas okay. team. Now, lots of folks seem to like that question, so good job on that ruckus. But we did get some feedback about some things that we mentioned during our sus. Uh, first of all, Adam clarifying that interleague play was not introduced until 1997, and therefore the answer could not have been a National League team. And also, which would help if I knew which teams were National League and which ones were American League. Indeed. Helpful for the players that do know, for sure. For sure. And uh, Adam also clarifying the White Sox won in 2005, so they are not championshipless, so that takes them out. And they were also the hosts of Disco Demolition that we talked uh, about, yep. not the Cubs. Okay. And Ed Sakal's backed that up as well. We heard from Miles Amaro, who wrote about the question with the built-in hints. If you have a deep knowledge of baseball, there are actually only two possible answers that don't get eliminated by using just the hints in the question. Knowing interleague play didn't exist then narrows it to the American League. Only four teams in the American League have not won a World Series. Of those four, Tampa wasn't around till the 90s. Seattle was in the 77 expansion with Toronto. So without actually knowing the answer, 
But having a good knowledge of baseball, the only possible answers are the Rangers and the Milwaukee Brewers, who were at the time in the American League. I think this makes the built-in hints excellent for the teams with the right knowledge base. Somebody else pointing out, if you knew all of that, you probably just know the answer outright. <laughs> yeah, the right the right knowledge base being someone who is like a Moneyball baseball fanatic. <laughs> yes. Like, Spe- like Miles, apparently. Speaking of Moneyball, though, I got the end of that movie wrong when I was talking about it. <laughs> uh, detailed in the movie, the Twins, not the Red Sox, like I said, were the ones who beat the A's for the title. So the Red Sox, though, did end up in the uh, the end of that story by offering Billy Bean a general manager position. That's probably why I remember them showing up at the end. Probably. He declined that position, which would have actually made him the highest paid general uh, manager in baseball history. But uh, even though they declined, they did end up using his method to uh, go on to win two World Series, the, the Red Sox. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Could have had all that money. <laughs> Do you remember what that is called, actually, that, that method that he utilized that analyzes baseball statistics to optimize team management? I don't. It's sabermetrics. Sabermetrics. Okay. Sabermetrics. Okay. Saber referring to the Society for American Baseball Research. That's where that comes from. Nothing to do with swords. Sword. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're not out there piercing each other's armor with a sword or anything like that. Sabermetrics. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I also mentioned that the Phillies are the only team to wear their numbers on their sleeve. Sadly, we need to retire that bit of trivia because of, as of this year, they've removed the numbers on their sleeves to make way, if you can believe it or not, for an ad. A hashtag ad on their sleeve. So, hashtag not a number. Yeah, so exactly. We can't use that little bit of trivia anymore, unfortunately. Uh, so you might want to uh, replace it with something that is along the lines of which was the last team to have worn their numbers on their sleeves. You, okay. could, you could still keep it around that way. Now, not baseball related, but in our last episode, I made an offhand comment about the uh, sucralose plant. Now, there is no such thing as the sucralose plant. I just want to make that clear. Sucralose is an artificial sweetener. Okay. Um, According to foodinsight.org, sucralose is made by taking uh, regular sugar and replacing, quote, three select hydroxyl groups on the sucrose molecule replaced with three chlorine atoms. So three chlorine atoms replacing uh, three hydroxyl groups which is designed so that it can't be broken down into your system. It's almost like a sweetener nanobot. Like it attaches the sweetness to it, and then you eat it, you enjoy the sweetness, and then I guess it just moves through your body. Apparently like 85% of it comes out in your poo, and the rest is filtered out in your pee later. But I do want to say our claim about this, or like our mention of this, as well as artificial sweeteners that we discussed like aspartame, you should take what we say with a grain of salt on this or podcast sugar. or a grain of sugar. Yes, we are not nutritionists, nor are we experts on anything that we talk about on this podcast. A lot of the times Mark and I are speaking off the cuff here. So uh, whenever it comes to dietary advice or something important to your life, do your own research, folks. And I did. I mean, just to be fair, I did say a number of times. I think I never policed anything that anybody said or thought. Right. I was just giving my personal feelings on what seemed right to me, it you know, in the grand scheme of things, nothing matters. Life is a short mess. Who gives a fuck? 
If you want to drink nothing but Diet Coke, nuts. yeah. Well, we heard from some lobbyists or something. You know, I don't know who <laughs> what their their uh, their skin in the game is necessarily, but just wanted to put it out there. You yeah. know, a lot of times, especially when we're sus- sussing, we're just sitting here, just two dudes having a casual conversation, and we try to get to everything that we can in the miscorrection segments, but. Take it all with a grain of salt. I think entertainment you know, podcast. And this is something I think that is kind of maybe an important thing to bring up because I think that there are a lot of people who are always like, well, you're really smart because you're a quiz master. I don't claim to be smarter than anyone. I don't think I know more or better about anything. And as a matter of fact, the answers that I look up, and this probably goes for you just as well, I'd imagine, are not answers that I would know without looking up the questions and right. trying to find information. I am learning. At the same time, it's not like I'm sitting down going, what do I know personally that no one else knows that I can write? I mean, you know, that I can write questions about. I don't know this shit. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember that the Texas Rangers were the team, you know. So the this idea that you have to be smart to be a quiz master is not true. It is true that um, there is probably a little bit more thought process to make good questions and how to write questions, and that's why we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Is It is a specific kind of intelligence, you could argue. Um, and I don't think that I'm a dumb person, but at the same time, you know, I don't think that anyone is, you know, I don't think either of us are trying to make any kind of case that, you know, that we're smarter, we know more than anyone else, or anything like that. So hopefully that's not how we come off. Yeah, this is a small operation where two entertainers, you know, shooting the breeze here and uh you know maybe one day our patreon will justify having a full-fledged research team and a quiz writing team and all this stuff but right now you know we're we're doing our own research and making our own podcast and stuff and we appreciate you letting us know you know where we uh either take a misstep or or anything and if you hear something wrong on the podcast or something you would just like to clarify you can mm-hmm. write us a missed correction or a rate my question, or even just a little no note at no nonsense trivia gmail.com, or call us at 1 929 356 6966, or find us on social media. And if you've yet to do so, please take a moment to rate and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to give me some question? I am. Got an aerospace question for you here. Damn, aeronautic space. Mm-hmm. First, Operated by the Soviet Union and later by Russia, what was the name of the space station that operated in low Earth orbit from 1986 to 2001? Well, I only know the name of one Russian space station, I think, so I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to hang my hat on that one. Okay, so I'm gonna say Mir. That's right. Okay, well done. Not a hey, lot of thanks. guesses. Well, I guess I got about half the teams got that right. So there was a lot of Sputniks written down, a satellite. And uh, I think maybe a couple other space stations and satellites that might not have even been operated by Russia, but satellite in my eyes. Wow. Like a diamond in the sky. Mark's body just inverted and out came Dave Matthews. Satellite. Welcome to the pod, Mr. Matthews. (laughs) It's great to be here. (laughs) That's him. All right. (laughs) You've seen him live. (laughs) He just kind of like hoots in between songs. He's. Such a bizarre guy. He hoots, even though he's not part of Hootie and the Blowfish. God, because I, I, their drummer is amazing. Their mm-hmm. musicianship is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I like some old Dave Matthews band stuff. But I remember always being like, in between songs, he'd be like, Hey, man, get a cut, Blowfish. Come say hey. 
and it'd be like, what did you just say? And then Carter Beaufort would start playing a drum beat, and you'd be like, I guess he was talking about Connor Beaufort. Or, uh, not Connor. Carter Beaufort. There you go. Here is your next question. Over which desert did France test its first atom bomb in 1960? Hmm. Or should I say, over which desert did France test its first atom bomb in 1960? Hmm. Did you see uh, Oppenheimer? I did not. I only saw the Barb half of Barbenheimer. What do you think? I thought Barbie was a really entertaining movie that seemed like it was trying to serve a lot of different masters. It was trying to be a corporate product movie as well as a social justice movie and also a stylistic uh, um, screwball comedy. And I felt myself. Did you see it? I did. Felt myself, my emotions. Should we tell people spoil if you've not seen the Barbie movie? No, I'm not going to go into okay. that too much. That too much detail. But I, I just felt like uh, the tone was going from like comedy to drama, like oscillating back and forth very quickly and stuff like that. So I felt like it was slightly disjointed for that. But overall, I just come off as such an asshole when I'm talking about movies. I'm just such a, a hater, really. But I would recommend it. That's I think true. I think it was pretty good. How many? Uh, how what? How many? Fucking tubs of popcorn or whatever. I think I gave it three and a half out of five. Okay, tubs. I'd say that's fair. Yeah, I'd say three and a half to mm-hmm. four. I laughed a lot. Yeah, um, and that I'm just Ken song is still in my fucking head. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. It is very good. Gosling, Ryan Gosling got a is hit. great on it. Did that? Is that on the Billboard Hot 100 yet? Did that hit the Billboard? Hot I don't 100? know. I wouldn't be surprised. Let's I would not be surprised at all. Over which desert did France in 1960? Test its atom bomb. Did you see Oppenheimer? I did. Okay. So you did the whole Barbenheimer. Did you do it in Barbie one day? on Saturday, Oppenheimer on Sunday. Oh, okay. Baby. I think that was smart split it up. Come two. on. Come on. <laughs> I got a fucking life over here. Come on. Spending eight hours in the movies. No thanks. All right. I am. I'm just Ken has debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 87. So I'm just Ken. We'll see. We'll see how that does. It's so good. Greta Gerwig is about to be the first female um, director with a billion dollar movie. Oh, wow. All right. Well, a little trivia for you. I was going to hit the congratulations, but maybe we'll, I don't want to jinx no, no, it. Give it to her. You said about, is it She's, confirmed? It's yes. guaranteed. By the time this comes out, I'm what sure if they pull be. the movie from every theater today? <laughs> I'm just superstitious. You know, I don't want to. I want to be very superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what desert? Desert. What desert? It could be the Sahara Desert. That was the first one that came to mind. That's a rather obvious answer, though. That's like desert. almost the <laughs> the most known desert in the world. Could be the Namibian Desert. How thematic would that be for a show if it was, if the answer was the Namibian Desert? <clears throat> Tasty. Desert. So this is the Arctic desert. You can go a long way to <laughs> test that one out. Also tasty. The largest desert in the world, but people don't think of it like that. Mm-hmm. You can't even ask it that way at trivia. People get pissed. I'm not sure if the name of it is the Arctic desert. I do know that it is a frozen desert that is the largest. Mm-hmm. Please don't take my word for it. 
But I'm bump. I'm forgetting about so many deserts right now. You are thinking of a couple that are coming to, that are springing to my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you suss differently when I'm here? Uh, no, I guess. I feel like you, you suss differently when I'm here. Hmm. That my sussing depends on a variety of contexts. Okay. How long we are into the episode, you know, a couple of brew dogs, a couple brew dogs sometimes, you know, there, yeah, it's a, it's a variety of factors. No single sus is the same. Yeah. You know, um, I'm feeling Namibia. It seems like a long way to go, but I know that the French had and might even still have some some influence over uh, over the area. I'll go with Namibia. Sorry, that's incorrect. Mm, too good to be true. The desert that I was thinking of that you didn't thing. mention was the yeah. Gobi. The Gobi. But Gobi's not correct. Sahara oh. is the correct. Is it? It's, it is. Oh, Sahara it's so unlike you, it's too. A, it's, a, it's a toss of the dice, baby. <sighs> I knew I could get inside your mind like that. You You're did. like, Sahara, well, that's just too easy. That, <laughs> that and Vietnam so far, I feel like. Uh, Two underhand ones that uh, just. I need to bring my whiff. mind back to Danceteria. You know, <laughs> get my mind in the game here. Still, I'm still stunted by that shit. I'm still <laughs> haunted. <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Have you played? I have. Okay. No. I no? No, I've seen other people play. I've watched people play, but I have not played. Mm. And you, I think, saw the clip on um, uh, Antiques Roadshow of the original nine. Have we talked about that? Yes, we have. Yep. Okay. But this question, I don't know if that'll help you with this question, but I did try to write in a way where you could hazard a guess. Okay. In Magic the Gathering, a goblin deck would be made primarily of cards of which mana source... Or color. I'll accept either. Hmm. In Magic the Gathering, a deck that is uh, features the uh, creature Goblin would be made primarily of cards of which mana source or color? If you're so the question basically is, if I'm going to go Goblin mode, mm-hmm. what's your what color is your deck, or what mo- mana source are you using to summon those goblins? Well, I don't. Game? I mean, I don't know what. I don't know what the mana sources are. Okay. Do you know the five colors? No. You don't know the five colors? No. Oh, okay. You're really out here then. Here's what I know about. I was hoping that you were going to say which pop star bought the mm. one ring. <laughs> you know, I brought that up. Okay. So I had a Lord of the Rings question fo- uh, following this Magic the Gathering question this week. And I brought that up. I said, where is the one? Where where was the one ring forged? And I said, I'm not asking where it's located right now, which is at Post Malone's house. Right. No response to that. Wow. Yeah, and it I was like 60 people in the crowd. Well, I knew. Yeah. I knew it was posted. It was almost my my question, but I was like, I already got a Lord of the Rings question. God. I'm not going to Lord of the Rings up the magic question. But yeah, he bought the one ring card. It was the one of one card that represents the one ring from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And they only and made one card of it. For mm-hmm. millions of dollars, they don't. They did not say how much he paid. Right. I, I remember reading a few months ago when after the set came out, maybe like two weeks or three weeks, like it's been found. The one ring card has been opened almost like a lottery ticket for that person because Post, Post Malone saw that headline too and he said, My precious. Yes. Bring this to me. There he is. There's my old friend Gollum. You know. Dude, does anybody even play that person? Hmm? If if you have the one ring, mm-hmm. does anybody even play you? 
Well, I don't think it's meant to be played with. You know, I, I don't know what it does. Um, what the game it mechanics rules are. Them all, Lee. I know, but I mean, in, in terms of like, the and in the darkness, the game, bind them. <laughs> Some other stuff. Um. So, m- mana type or mana color? Well, goblins are usually green, huh? So, I mean, all I can really think of is that it's green. I don't know what kind of mana types there are. Um, I'm guessing green has to be one of the colors. I'm trying to think of, like, the back of the Magic the Gathering card. I think there are, like, gems on it. And then there's got to be, like, you know, what? Fucking red, blue, green, yellow. Orange? Red? Well, we all know the the primary colors, right? Because there's only one set of primary colors. <laughs> I get it. Depends it's on if you're an artist, red, which yellow, is how we and described blue. it. Yeah, and or if you're green, a, if you're a physics person, I'll say green and orange. I'll say green. No, that is the color of most goblins and how they're represented. Yeah. But it, they are from the mountains, which is red. Mountains are red. Of mm-hmm. course they are. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? With the fire symbol. Mm-hmm. Um. So I did look up what the one ring card does. It's a legendary artifact in Magic the Gathering. It's indestructible. So I guess there's no Mount Doom card. Okay. Otherwise, you just bring it there and. Right. Uh, Deus Ex Machina. It says when the one ring enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. Yeah, come on. Then. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, so at the beginning of your turn, basically, you lose one life for each bird encounter that's on the one ring. So that represents it's like, you know, it's uh, it's power over you. <laughs> I thought I heard bird encounter. <laughs> Put a bird encounter. Every time on. there's a bird around yeah. and it and it attacks no, uh, you. It, it's a bird. It's a counter of burden. Burden. Yes. Burden. Your burden. Counter, not bird encounter. And uh, once per turn, you can uh, activate it. And put a burden counter on it, then draw a card for each burden encounter on the one ring. So you activate it. If there's already, like, say, four burden counters on that, that means you can draw four cards by activating it. But you will take uh, four damage at the beginning of your next turn because you have four burden counters on that. So it seems like it's themed appropriately for the for the game. And and I could see that being a fi- it's balanced, you know, because you do have to take damage if you have it. So if you play it wrong... In right. a sense, I think you could still beat somebody to play this card. Yeah. Huh. All right. Here's your next question from me. In 2016, which basketball player gained the title Mr. Triple Double in the NBA? Hmm. My instinct says Ice Cube because he fucked around and got a triple double, but <laughs> he's not a professional basketball player. And that that song, Good Day, came out in the early 90s, not in 2016. So it'd be more like a Lifetime Achievement Award type thing for him. Anyway. Triple Double. 2016, you said? Yes. Hmm. I'm thinking there's there's three names that come to mind. I don't even know what a Triple Double is. Is that a three-pointer and a... And a two-pointer, one right after the other? A triple-double is a two, num- like a two-digit um, amount of points, rebounds, and assists. Oh, right, right. The three categories. Yes. So, you know, 10 points, mm-hmm. 10 rebounds, 10, 10 assists. That's a triple-double. This player had racked up 181 triple-doubles. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, he 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 surpassed that in in that year. 182. Oscar Robinson or Robertson had the uh, the record previously. The record previously. There's a few names coming into my mind. There's Kobe, LeBron, and I'm thinking it might be the third one. Maybe it's somebody else though entirely. But I'm going to go with Stephen Curry. Sorry, that's incorrect. Wrong. I think he got something. A Steph Curry is like a Stephen Curry. Steph, so. yeah, he's known for his three pointers. Mm. This was Russell Westbrook. Oh, not familiar with him actually. I'm oh, not okay. a big basketball head, but apologies to Mr. Westbrook. No, you mean Mr. Triple Double? That's what I meant to say. Yes, Mr. Triple Please? Double. I'm sorry. <laughs> he didn't go to school for eight years to be known as just Russ. <laughs> All right, my final question for you. Mm. Is a 70s music question. Oh, okay. How do you feel about the music of the 1970s? Like it? It's a great decade for music. Great decade mm-hmm. for music. That's one that I can always go to when I'm uh, when I'm hosting trivia. Play some r- tracks from the 70s, and generally, people are going to be into it. Yeah. No matter the age group. No sure. matter the, the generation. I think we can all agree on it. Maybe some of you don't, but... I'm just Fuck saying off. when I uh, when I play alive, if you don't, they eat love my it. shit. So uh, this was a question that Kyle wrote actually. Which rock opera released by the Who in 1973 is the only Who record composed entirely by band member Pete Townsend, and tells the story of a young model named Jimmy. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Which rock opera released by The Who in 1973 is the only Who record composed entirely by Pete Townsend and tells the story of a young model named Jimmy? Now, why do you, why do you say that's interesting? Well, because they are known for their rock opera, Tommy. But I don't know if this is Tommy. What constitutes a what constitutes a rock opera? I'm trying to think because they did do Quadrophenia, which I don't know if that counts as a rock opera. I know that is like very moddy. Um, they were known for being a pretty mod heavy band mm-hmm. back in the day, and they may have done some other rock opera stuff that I'm not sure of. Seventy three is pretty, you know. The when the who was the who. So, I mean, you know, my safe bet here is to guess Tommy. Now, I know Tommy partially is about, I mean, that's where Pinball Wizard comes from. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure can plays a mean pinball. Sure can plays a mean pinball. As you can say tell, I know these words very well. So, I mean, like, you know, Quadrophenia, I don't know if it's about a model, and I don't know if it's technically known as a rock opera. Tommy is the rock opera. But, man, it's such a tricky, it could be trying to be tricky. They had more than one rock opera, maybe. They were working on another rock opera when I think they did Who's Next, and they ended up abandoning the concept so do I do? Do I go with 
do I go with Tommy, which may be, I guess, about something else and or and Tommy just ends up being a character in it, or do I do go with Quadrophenia? Which may not be a rock opera, arguably. I think I'm just gonna have to go and and guess, because I you usually get harder as we go along. Tommy is kind of the easy guess here. I'm gonna say Quadrophenia. Boom! You yes. got it, buddy. That's right. You did not fall into the trap, which uh, several of my teams did. Only 21% of my teams getting that right. Many writing down Tommy, and I had to tell them I said Jimmy, not Tommy. But yeah, this band just loves those me names, you know? The MMYs. And yeah, Quadrophenia, their third rock opera behind Tommy. And then they had a, a, a quote, mini opera that was called A Quick One While He's Away. Which that song was featured on what Wes Anderson movie? Tenenbaums? Nope. Hmm. Can you sing it? Or sing uh, a song from I it? I can't believe it. Do my eyes deceive me? Am I back in your heart? Hmm, I can't place it. It's like a dream to be with you again. Do 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 with the loo. Uh, Rushmore. Oh, okay, yeah. It's the scene where I think they're, like, getting back and forth at each other when they're, like, trying to, like, one-up each other and screw each other over. I believe The little montage. Yeah. Revenge montage. I think, listen, (laughs) I think that's where it is. Okay? There it is, folks. He thinks. Your last question. It sounds like you're pretty confident, though. You're singing it and everything. Yes. Okay. I mean. Oh, you mean it's placement in the movie. I think that's the placement in the movie. Gotcha. I know that's. that's All right. It's like this 14-minute song. You Are Forgiven is the name of that section. You are forgiven. Oh, gotcha. Yep. All right. If you would have sung that, I would have gotten Rushmore probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the enough. part I remember. Um, here is your last mm-hmm. question from me for the second round. Occurring in the 1840s, who was the first president to be photographed? This is not necessarily while they were sitting as president. I got in a little bit of a sticky situation here. I see. Occurring in the 1840s, who was the first president to be photographed? Well, that's... It's right around the time of the Civil War, and we have, you know, there's many famous photos of Lincoln... But now that you've said that, I feel like it's not going to be Lincoln. It's going to be somebody from like way earlier or something. Um, not that there were much, many presidents earlier. Because um, he was the 16th, right? It's been a while since we've talked about this. <laughs> it used to be a meme that we didn't know. Again, just because I'm a question master does not mean oh I'm my smart. God. I think 16th is right. I hope so. I don't think I've seen any pictures of Andrew Jackson. So it's maybe in between. He is the 16th. Okay. You know, what's funny is before we started recording today, I had a couple extra minutes and I thought I should look at a map or a list of U.S. presidents or something just to refresh my brain before we start recording. Yeah. I thought, eh, studying for trivia never helps. He's never going to ask a question about what you looked up ahead of time. So don't bother. And here I am. What a great idea that would have been. Would have been perfect, buddy. Because mm-hmm. now I'm sitting here not knowing who became who came in between Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln. 
probably like f- three or four dudes in between there. <laughs> 1840. So this could be somebody from the late. This could be any of the presidents. No, it can only be one. Well, but it could. The potential answers like the timeline, you know. Well, let's see here. 1840s. Yeah. So some of the earlier ones, they would they would be really, really old if they were still alive. Um, I'll go with. uh James Monroe. Sorry, that's incorrect. <sighs> He's probably too old for that. John Quincy Adams mm, is the correct answer. Okay. First president to be photographed. Did he have some big mutton chops? I feel like he was a mutton chop guy. I don't know. Okay. He's, Mark's just going to say he doesn't know. I He's, don't You can't know. get him in this bind. I want to see. No, sir. A photograph. Lee's going to check a photograph, and while he's doing that, I'm going to tell you we are going to take another quick break. Big ass mutton chops. Big ass mutton chops. Well, they're medium, they're small medium. kind of, but he does have mutton chops. I mean, yeah, for for today's, I mean, they're big because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of mutton chops in the world today. There he is. Oh my gosh, what's this face he's getting? Starting OnlyFans, buddy, right? Make, make your way in the <laughs> world some today. Eyes. Takes every mutton chop. <laughs> Uh, So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with a rate my question as well as our third and final round of trivia questions. All right, we're back, and it's time for a rate my question. question. We got a rate my question here from Brian out of Boulder, Colorado. Damn, Brian from Boulder. Brian from Boulder. Longtime listener, first time caller. Coming to the podcast, it's Brian from Boulder. There he is. <sighs> Brian writes, who was the oldest musician to have a number one song? In the Billboard Top 100 at 62 years old, ending the Beatles' run of three consecutive number one songs at the time. I wish it was just who's the oldest musician. Who was the oldest musician to have a number one song in the Billboard Top 100 at 62 years old, ending the Beatles' run of three consecutive number one songs at the time? Um, okay. Uh, well, um... Tuffy. Mm-hmm. 62 years old. There's no year. We're not given a year in which this record was broken. All we know is that it ended the Beatles record of three consecutive number ones, which I don't see how these are really related. Well, the three consecutive number ones has to be in the beginning of the Beatles, right? It's got to be like, I want to hold your hand. If, if it was, if it was the record when they were, when Beatles mania was really fucking nuts. It has to have been, I would guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. So this, not only did it break the Beatles' consecutive streak, but they also became the oldest musician at the time to have a number one hit at 62. I think so. Okay, I see. I was like, how are these related? Because wouldn't the oldest musician to have a number one song break the record of the previous oldest musician to have a number one song? That's how <laughs> I would frame this. Not that it ended 
the Beatles run of three consecutive number one songs. But I see this is the historical. So the Beatles had one, two, three. And then this person came in. They got the number one spot. And they also became the oldest musician to have a number one song. I believe that's I the, believe that's right. It says Billboard Top 100. I mean, that is the Top 100, but they call it the Hot 100. That's the mm-hmm. name of the list, just as an FYI. Back then, they didn't say hot like that. They didn't? I don't think so. Oh, okay. That's hot. I think they did. Maybe. Maybe. They were like, cheerio, hot. <laughs> I don't know why they're British. Well, I guess it is British. It's been a very British yeah. show. Mm-hmm. The Beatles. Guy named Mean Mr. Mustard yep. talking about British shit. You had your uh, right, uh, right. your uh, trivia game story where yep. you were hoisted by your own petard. Indeed. Who is this? So, so the three consecutive number one hits, that has to be uh, at the end of the 60s, right? No, the Early beginning 70s? of the 60s. The Beatles ran from like 60 to 70, basically. Hmm. 62 years old. I was thinking maybe it's Tony Bennett. I know he had uh, some hits later on in his career. I mean, all throughout his career, basically. But he had some longevity on the charts. Tony Bennett was not in his 60s in the 60s. No, that's, yeah, that's, I agree. Could it be um, Pat Boone? I don't think so. He was younger then. What about Frank Sinatra? Hmm. Was he in his 60s in the 60s? No. We're looking for someone born in like 1900, basically. Yeah. Can I hear the question one more time? Sure. Who was the oldest musician to have a number one song in the Billboard Top 100 at 62 years old, ending the Beatles run of three consecutive number one songs at the time? Is there, does they, does he say he or she? No. Oh. Could be anybody. Could be someone non-binary. Marian Faithful. <laughs> Not Marian Faithful. Um, boy. 1960. The Beatles are going nuts. And then somebody comes in and breaks the combo. Combo breaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Tough one. Good question. Um, It's not Elvis. 62. It's got to be somebody older than the Beatles. Like a lot older. It's not Bob Dylan. Mm-mm. Not James Taylor. Mm-mm. They're older than these people. <laughs> Talk about who it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my Metallica. mind, you know, in the, it's not in green the place. Day. Well, come on. I mean, geez. Um, All right. You sus then. You're so smart. You sus. I mean, I, I could it be Frank Sinatra? Was he? So when did Frank Sinatra die? The he 90s? Di- he, yeah. He, he famously died on the evening of the finale of Seinfeld. Did he really? Yes. And his, uh, his kid did not make it to the hospital in time. Seinfeld was on. Jesus. I'm serious. <laughs> it sounds funny, but I'm being serious. Um, so do you remember how old Frank Sinatra was when he died? He had to have been in the seventies by then. Seventies. Yeah. Late seventies, maybe. Well, so, then he definitely wasn't 62 in the sixties. That's what I'm saying. In the sixties, he was still a, a young man, probably Relatively in his thirties or so. 
young man. Mm-hmm. We got to go earlier, like uh, like some kind of band leader or something that had a resurgence. <laughs> Glenn Miller or something. 62. Famous, famous trombonist. Mm-hmm. Famous tromboner. Yeah. Don't let in the mood fool you. That's a trumpet. 62. John Coltrane? How old was he in the 60s? Was he old? I don't know. Would he have a number one song? Did no. he, he didn't have a number one song on the Billboard. That's the other thing, like trying to think of like songs that were. I wonder if it was like a. Who did Copacabana? Was that Pat Boone? That was Harry Belafonte, I believe, wasn't it? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. You hear that? I'm wrong about that, I think. It's not Rod Stewart. You know, Pat Boone might be a fine guess. Was Pat Boone 60? No, he was he was in his 60s in like the 90s. Again. It's he's hard in, he's in like Sinatra's league. It's hard thinking of someone mm-hmm. that's old. That's what I'm saying, man. Glenn Miller or somebody, you know? Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> I mean, what kind of music was hot at the time? What was so the Beatles were the counterculture to like what kind of music? Like uh uh like what? stage songs, you know, like Broadway hits and what about Gene Autry? Oh, maybe a country artist? Maybe some country. I have no idea, man. I'm stumped. Hank Williams. Number one hit. My guess Unseating is the Beatles. Gene Autry. I don't know why. God, imagine if you said fucking Gene Autry was the goddamn answer. I'd flip my fucking lid. We'll go with it. I'm 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 proper stumped here. Yeah, I so. am too. It's mean, a very tough question. Mm-hmm. Built in hint, I'm going to say right off is uh, is a little bit of miss is a little bit off. Mm-hmm. I don't see a full uh, capital pibs in your future, Brian from Boulder. Here's the answer: the oldest musician to chart number one at 62 years old was. It was actually his birthday this week. Louis Armstrong. Oh, so okay. We were wrong. That makes sense. You though. were right though. You were, you were coming down the right pike there mm-hmm. with Glenn Miller and big band. Yep. Should have leaned towards the trumpet though. Should have leaned toward the trumpet. All right. So let's rate this question here. We didn't get it right, but the question was who was the oldest musician to have a number one song in the billboard top 100 at 62 years old, ending the Beatles run of three consecutive number one songs at the time. Um, you want to go first? I always go first. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I would probably rewrite this a little bit. Um, yeah, but we're doing it. Yeah, as yeah. It's okay. Pips. Got to go define the pips first. Let's Popular. Pips first. Interesting. Built in hint. Short, short and sweet. sweet. X factor. X factor. Not to be confused with the Twitter factor. <laughs> yes. The X factor. Uh, popular. Yeah. Music. Very popular category. Sure. Classic music. Uh, it's a record of note. Very interesting as well. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Built in hint. Mm. 
Man, this is a minuscule mm. bee if there ever was one. The tiniest of bees. Bust out the microscope, y'all. You have to analyze the structure of the question in order to turn it into a hint. Like you have to like say, okay, it ended the Beatles run. When were the, you have to have some knowledge of when the Beatles were popular and might have had three consecutive number one hits. Then you have to consider the 62 years old and backtrack like we did to the early 1900s. This bee is so tiny. I don't even know if it deserves a bee, to be honest. This is it's almost like a complicated hint. You I know, agree. you got to do a lot of work to, to get there. I agree. Um, I'll give it a little X, too, because we did have some back and forth sussing on different names and stuff like that. It's not the biggest. X what about factor, the short and but, sweet? Oh, well, I would I would rewrite this probably a little bit. I would I would maybe include uh, even though you've had. You know, like I said, you 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 can kind of figure out what time period you're talking about. I would just come right on and say, in this year, at 62 years old, who became the oldest musician to have a number one song in the Billboard Hot 100? You could then maybe even uh, take out the Beatles thing if you didn't want to, and you could say replacing this person who previously held the record, or if you wanted to have some Beatles flavor in there, you could easily leave leave that in and. You know, um, it's an interesting fact of note that it broke their record. So, uh, yeah, I, maybe I'll give this a little S, but I would I would maybe take a second second look at writing this. So capital P, capital I, excuse me, mm-hmm. lowercase s, X. Yeah. Uh, P- <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess when I think of a rate my question. We're not looking for any question, right? We bring us your poor, your weak, your huddled masses. Bring us your best questions. You know what I mean? Something really juicy that's got it all. This has got a lot of it. Wait, are you saying bring us the poor huddled masses? Yeah, bring us them all is what we're saying. Well, no, don't. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can't. Of course, you can bring us anything. Mm -hmm. But when it's going to be rated, we're you know that we're looking for certain things, right? Because we both ask questions that don't deserve pibs. Like we've both asked questions that we know are hard, but the questions that we think people we want the, the the questions that I'm guessing people want us to rate are questions that have it all. Yeah, that these are like primo questions. The pib system will get you a good question, but if you have your whole quiz be pibs format, it's you You'll need break some, yourself. You need some dynamics yeah, in there. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be hearing the same exact question format one right after the other. Right. So. It's a solid basis, but you want to mix it up a little bit, too. You don't always always need to include a hint. Sometimes you want your question to be a little harder. So feel it out. You know, yeah. The more you practice it, the better your intuition will be about these kinds of things. Though I will say that, again, when you're sending this in, you probably are trying to send those ones that have all those things. Mm-hmm. So not all questions need to have a built-in hint, but you would think if you're sending something that you know you're going to get – that the question is going to get pibsed, then you want to – Make sure that you, they have all those things, right? Yeah. This one has a lot of them, but doesn't have it all. Um, the the built-in hint, I feel like, you know, you need something a little juicier. The question is correct. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. It's definitely got some juicy stuff in there. What you put in there to make it so it's full pibs or, or what have you, you know, I maybe known for playing a particular instrument or What or was something. the song called? Yeah, um, that might be a good hint as well. Um, unless it's like fucking What a Wonderful World, which um, would be a pretty big B. Would be a pretty huge B. 
Um, but we're not saying that we need the B to be like the painfully obvious B. We just need something. We need something, something there. I'll give this question an A, um, maybe an A minus, but uh, I'm a little bit going more toward the A. It's definitely interesting. I did not know that. And, uh, now that um, now that it's being mentioned, I pick I can, I can like imagine in my mind's eye a picture of the Beatles hanging out with Louis Armstrong with some facts about this being put in there. But great question, interesting question, just needs a little bit of a B. I'm just looking up to see what the song was here. <laughs> it was a song called "A Lot of Loving to Do" that was uh, recorded as a B side um, from the musical "Bye Bye Birdie." A lot of loving to do from Bye Bye Birdie. Now, I would not recognize that as a Louis Armstrong hit. So that might be a good hint, I guess, for a younger crowd, probably. That might help me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds a little familiar. That it at least gets me. you in the musical landscape, you know, sure. which might draw you to Louis Armstrong. So what gravel voiced singer? Mm, yeah. Known for their distinct voice. Mm, you don't even have distinct to. Distinct voice yes. is good because mm-hmm. it leaves so, it open. A couple Marian of ideas Faith there. <laughs> you never know still still holding on well brian from boulder thank you so much for your rate my question yes. uh very interesting stuff there and <laughs> if you'd like to write us with a rate my question a missed correction or even just a little no note <laughs> i stepped over your line again i'm sorry it's okay you can do so at no nonsense trivia gmail.com or call us at one nine two nine three five six six nine Six six. No one writes us with a rate my question anyway, or rates us with a write my question. Uh sometimes we do. Every once in a Every while. Every once in a while. No one likes my idea. <laughs> it's not Boo-hoo. true. I like it, Mark. I like it. Boo hoo. How about you give me your last question that you have for me for this <clears throat> quiz? Sure. Here is my last question for you, Lee. In 1905, George Hackenschmidt was the first professional wrestler. To wear what? Hmm. Mm. In nineteen oh five, George Hackenschmidt was the first professional wrestler to wear what? Got me a pro wrestling question, did you? For my birthday? For your birthday. Thank Happy you. birthday, bud. Thanks. George Hackenschmidt. I knew I recognized the name when you said it. Nineteen oh five. It's pretty early. Um it's something that's worn. Wrestlers wear a variety of things. They wear trunks. They wear padding. They wear knee pads, elbow pads. They wear wrist tape. They sometimes wear entrance robes. And that is something that I wonder if uh, wonder if that's what it is. Because if you're you know a wrestler, an amateur wrestler, your first thought is probably not I'm going to wear a robe to the ring. Maybe boxers. Did boxers wear robes to the ring? Is that where that came from? Did wrestling get it from boxing or vice versa? It might not be the answer here. Um, To wear what? To wear a championship belt? Maybe the title was just, uh, I don't know, a trophy or something before. belt man I'm, I'm stuck between a few of these answers 
I'm gonna, I am going to say, yeah, you have said it. Okay. So out of all the sussing you just mm-hmm. did, oh, the, the fingies are going. <laughs> He's got that electricity in the data. He's sucking in the data from my phone. Eyes what rolled back in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in Dune. You know what I've learned? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I can taste this trivia answer. I know that it's all ones and zeros coming from the matrix <laughs> telling me that this question is juicy. You know what I learned? Ignorance is bliss. The matrix. Joey pants in the matrix. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with wearing a championship title belt. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> Give me a second guess. The robe robe is correct. Oh man. <laughs> Come on. I heard that on a, heard that on an episode of a show on Netflix a guy who um has an auction site golden uh golden auction site and had one of Rick Flair's robes. Oh, Rick Flair yeah. came in and and you know said this is definitely mine. Mm-hmm. I had this woman who did my robes blah 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 and they talked a little about the history of the robe ah. and that George Hackenschmidt was the first person to wear a robe to the ring. Just stop there. Should have stopped there, my friend. I was I was pumped for you. I had to play that poker face. <laughs> you did. I looked up staring at and my you phone. were not looking at me at all. And Mm-mm. I was like, he's he, I Getting might be nothing close. from me, yeah. buddy. Nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. My last question for you is a geography question. Oh, fuck off. Come on. After all this time, I get together with you and you ask me a fucking geography question. I thought we were cool. I guess I could look for another no, one. No, 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 right. no. Don't you okay. dare. All right. Which country in Europe? Is the only is only one of two in the world that has no legally defined capital city. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Or which country in Europe is the only one in the continent that has no legally defined capital city? That would work as well because the other country is not in Europe. But which European uh, country is the only one in the continent that has no legally defined capital city? Monaco. No, it's not Monaco. Is Monaco in Europe? Yeah, it is. It's okay. in. It's like by France. Oh, not Morocco. Monaco. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. The tables got turned in this geography I thought, question. I thought maybe that you got this because there was some Monaco discussion on the Discord no. after a recent question. No, and actually, uh, Monaco, I believe, is a city state. I don't think it's a country right, technically. Well, so I'm wrong. Uh, the de facto capital of this country. Is Bern. Bern, B E R N, mm-hmm. which is in. Uh huh. Um, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I didn't say anything. I appreciate you trying so hard. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't think of it. Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay. Switzerland yes. Uh, so they have a law that says that there should be no capital city so that one city is not elevated <laughs> above the others. But Jesus because they do Christ. have to have some uh, jurisdiction and stuff like that. They really Burn, are softies over there. Burn is where they uh, they they do all their, their legal business and stuff. But don't call it the capital. Burn, city. baby, burn. I you think know. that's our episode title right there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, maybe that would give away the okay. answer, though. Can't do that. All right. Wait, anyway. Never mind. You can just put that on T-shirt or something. Anyways. Yes. Mark. So wonderful Lee. having you in the studio. The place today. looks great. You look great. You're beautiful. Thank you. you as well. Another year older, but you look another year younger. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening, everyone. Please join us for new episodes by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. 
You can support the no-no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. And you can support the podcast by buying some merch. There's a link in the show notes for that. Or you can support us on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page, giving you access to bonus content, our full library of episodes, and more. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a big thanks to our Pibs Masters, Kaz, who came out to my trivia on Wednesday. Since oh, you that's didn't awesome. Have your yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Shout out. Do it. Shout out. Oh, shout out. There we go. You get a bada and a and a mm-hmm. applause. Uh, so very nice to meet Kaz and uh, and her crew. Uh, Rick G, Adam, aka Dr. AGE, Sam Spencer, Blake, aka Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma and Redcrest Kitchen, Tim with Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's, it's Gil. Our team captains Ed, Hayden, Matt, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG Aaron, and DHX3, who just celebrated a birthday. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, David Holbrook, David Holbrook, David Holbrook. Oh, there's the three. Classic. Yeah. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Rate us with a write my question. A miscorrection or even just a little no-no. Teeny tiny. No nonsense trivia at gmail.com is the email address or call us at 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia. And on X, 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 at No Non Trivia. Want to hang out with us throughout the week? We have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, and most importantly, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five Five stars stars only, please. please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.